0: You're listening to Women's Cricket Chat with Hannah and Alex. Coming up on today's podcast, we've got South East stars and England international Sophia Dunkley. Now, Sophia is 22 years of age and she's achieved so much so far in her career. And she's only just getting started. Sophia talked to Hannah and I about all things south stars making her debut in the 2018 t20 world cup and also how it feels to be at surrey now with the one and only legendary ebony rainford
1: brunt hey hi how are you good thank hi. you yeah <laughs> <laughs> shattered but oh. it's good. but yeah how's things yes very good
2: thank you very good it's nice like start playing again now i think like when you when you're training you see people playing you get like a bit agitated so now we can start it's like really good and then yeah hopefully could we like build into a good summer so yeah,
1: yeah no, I guess that's the first question like how is camp going at the moment because you've been up in Loughborough training now for what's it been about six weeks?
2: Yeah it's been six weeks now but yeah no it's been it's been really fun actually I think it's not often you get like a big period of time to kind of like just train Um and with games like not really coming thick and fast like you can just work on stuff outdoors and there's not really pressure to be like ready almost. So that's been quite nice. And then we've had, we had a game last week, kind of Academy versus England game. And then we had one yesterday, which was unfortunately rained off. But yeah, no, it was, it was good. It's been good fun. And we've kind of like done a lot of, a little bit like team bonding through kind of fitness and stuff and just working together, which has been fun. A few like good fitness circuits, which have been good. And so, yeah, I think everyone's ready to go and get playing now, but it's just been good to be with the team really.
0: You um study at Loughborough then?
2: Sport science management, just classic. Of course, yeah.
0: course another sport science.
2: Definitely.
0: To be fair, When I came to Loughborough, I, really
2: just, I was really just here for the cricket, to be honest. And I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to come play more cricket. But then I think in my third and fourth year, I got into my degree a bit more. And I was like, right, it's actually really good to get a degree, so let's just do it proper <laughs> and like, not waste the last four years. So then it I is. did get into <laughs> it quite a bit. And I was two one so I was pretty happy with the, the amount of time I was away as well. I don't know how I managed that, but there we are. Happy days.
0: So um, where in Lambeth did you grow up then?
2: I was in Brixton, I think, mom lived when I was younger. But then she moved like to North London when I was about, I don't know, seven, eight, six, seven, eight. Um, but yeah, it's funny, my mum always says that because like, I was actually born in Surrey. <laughs> She's like, oh, it's quite funny now that you play for Surrey. I was like, yeah, it's funny. Right.
1: A bit controversial. Lambeth place to me. You did have quite a bit of fun in New Zealand as well, didn't you? So you've had a good time, I guess, over there as well without all the rules and stuff. So it must have been pretty weird coming back into being in bubbles and the whole like Covid situation.
2: Yeah, no, it was obviously amazing to have that freedom and experience New Zealand like in its normal self, which is obviously kind of weird at the start. Like we did two weeks quarantine, which was really obviously restricted. And the only place outside we could go to was like a little garden, which was like fenced off and stuff. Um, and then to just go into normal life after being in lockdown for I don't know nine months was crazy. And it was kind of almost felt like a little bit guilty at the start, because we were like oh like we're getting to like experience this and everyone's at home. But then like you just quickly get back into normal life. It just didn't feel any really different really for a while. And I think it was really nice to just like enjoy everyone's company, So, like going out for a coffee or I don't know going and doing something fun on a day off. Like you'd really just like enjoy it and just like put your phone down and just like take it all in which is really nice and I think we created a lot of nice memories there which is fun and then yeah obviously coming back was was pretty weird to kind of quarantine our house for a bit and then get used to the UK again but it's nice to see your family and stuff but definitely made a few, like a lot of nice memories.
0: And obviously this season has started a lot differently to last season. How difficult was it to prepare for the 2020 season with coronavirus running rife and rapid?
2: But well, it was obviously a bit weird because it was quite late on. So obviously starting, I don't know, April, May. And then we got to like, I don't know, it didn't start really playing until June, July really. And I just remember like the first few weeks, it was, we literally went into camp in Loughborough in like fours and it's just trained in a four didn't see many people couldn't really cross over so it was a bit and it was like kind of getting back into it getting back used to things and yeah it was it was weird but I think like for me it was quite good because I, I was kind of out of the squad at that point so it gave me a chance to go back into the games and just think I've got nothing to lose like I wasn't in the squad so I could just you know just go out with no fear and that kind of helped me really to get back into the squad just to have that mindset but yeah I think it was yeah quite a different experience for everyone but I think quite a cool experience to to experience the bubble and just to see what it's about and it's definitely something I'm going to tell the grandkids when I'm older that can leave a cricket ground for a while.
1: So playing for the South East Stars obviously you top scored for the side scoring was it 97? Was it not out?
2: Yeah Um,
1: so obviously you were enjoying it and you know how did you find the team completely brand new and finding your form there?
2: Yeah I think it was good I think obviously it was a bit rushed last year we didn't have too much time to prepare as a team and like I was with England for the kind of first bubble so I couldn't really see them that much but I think a lot of the girls obviously know each other already from Surrey and Kent and kind of KSL um, and the coaches are fairly familiar which is really nice and I think yeah everyone's kind of got on well and and gelled really well and I think because the situation you kind of maybe bond quicker because everyone's in a kind of different unusual place so you know you just kind of muddle together and get through it but yeah I'm really looking forward to to starting the competition this year with them I think they've had a really good training block and it's going really well and I've dipped in every now and then to go to the gym and to pop in and say hi and it's been really nice just to see everyone and and welcome back really nicely so I think it'll be it'll be a lot of fun and yeah not a lot too long till we start which is exciting.
0: And you talked about the team bonding, because obviously last year you were a new team thrown together at the last second. Who are the players that we should be looking out for and the ones that are stepping up in training?
2: Oh, that's a great question. I actually think our team's actually very, we've got a very strong team and it's also very young as well. And I think we have got a lot of, we've got quite a bit of experience, but also some really good young players coming through. I think people like Alice Capsey have done really well for us in the past and she's been really reliable for the ball and obviously bats in the top four as well. So I think she'll be really key for us going into season and, and someone I'm sure Tash will look to to bowl a few overs and always seems to get a wicket really in her first over, which is great. So yeah, I think she's going to be a really good player for us. And obviously we've got a few experienced players, kind of like Bryony and ADR, who've obviously been in and around the England team, but obviously really, really good players. And I think like the regional competition the stars is going to be great for them to to go out and yeah just like hopefully go out and dominate it for us and and I think they've both loved their time there this winter which will be so I um, look forward to watching them score a few runs this season and yeah get the stars a few wins and yeah and also um, players like Eva Gray who's played for Surrey in the KSL who I've played with for quite a few seasons I think again I think it'll be such a good opportunity for her to show what she can do and contribute to a few wins in the team which yeah looking forward to seeing that too
1: and you already touched on it there but how important are those kind of England experienced players for you so the ones that will come in like yourself but also the players who have got caps and how can they use that experience to benefit the whole team
2: it will be really good just to I think obviously with the ho Flint being a new competition and regional being new and um, probably a lot of the girls aren't as used to training full-time and having that much of a big commitment and obviously kind of certain pressures come with that so the pressures of playing games and um, in big competitions and having a lot more media coverage and stuff like that so just to be able to chat to people and share experiences and kind of lead by example I think will be really important and and yeah just show I guess that we're all human, everyone makes mistakes sometimes, so it's not the end of the world if it goes wrong, which I think is massive, but I think, yeah, just to to have, being able to have those leadership roles and to be at the top of the team is really good, yeah, to to kind of almost make it a comfort zone for the younger players to just go and enjoy themselves and and not to fear kind of messing up or doing wrong, but almost to just, yeah, embrace it and,
1: and you just mentioned there as well about increased media coverage so we've got this really exciting partnership with the cricketer and hopefully are going to be doing loads alongside them to try and boost the profile of Rachel Hale Flint trophy competition but one thing that I'm struggling with at the moment is being more critical because I love all the kind of the human pieces that you know who you are as people and that kind of stuff and I'm trying to get myself up ready to be a little bit more critical and being able to critique performances so how do you deal with that as a player do you like does it affect you when you go into performances do you read much media coverage and off the back of that as well how do you want to be represented
2: yeah I was gonna say also congratulations to you guys it's amazing to get um that with a cricketer and it's just really nice to see women's cricket be recognized and I think the podcasts that you've done so far have been amazing just to kind of like spread the message of women's cricket so yeah that's a great step in the right direction I hope you guys enjoy it this summer getting involved but yeah I know I think that kind of side of the game is always going to be tricky for some people when it's you know like you come off a game sometimes and you're straight on your phone because if you do well you know people message you it might go on Twitter or you have your family messaging you and stuff and it kind of gets into a little bit of a habit but I think you just almost have to kind of take it with a pinch of salt because sometimes people who tweet and they're in the media they don't always see the kind of the context of the game and what's going on in the game, how you're feeling mentally, how the team is feeling mentally. So sometimes not the full story is kind of broadcasted. So it's hard to almost take the judgment. And I think when you're in a bad place almost, it's, it's hard to remember that that it's just your game and it's your journey. But I think for me, I'm just trying to focus on myself and kind of my journey in cricket. And and yeah, it's probably easier said than done. But yeah, I think you just got to try and take it with a pinch of salt and, and just remember that they can't know everything about the game and they can't know everything about the situation so you just got to trust yourself and trust what you think at the same time
1: that's one thing that I'm really kind of struggling with because I'm like oh I've only got like a level one coaching qualification so who am I to be able to critique your performances like I don't know I just yeah so I'm very consciously trying to stay away from being too critical and allow other voices to do that because obviously it's so needed in the women's game like we want that to be able to progress it and get cricket fans involved and in, you know actively analyse performances but I also do worry on your side of it as a player how that really does affect you in that moment because there's a lot of thinking time isn't there the minute you do pick up your phone
2: yeah no I know I completely see your point and I'd probably be doing the same but um I think like as well like if trusting your instincts about what you think and I feel like everyone's entitled to their opinion you know everyone sees the game differently and sees performances differently and everyone's entitled to to comment how how they see fit so I think yeah and it's just remembering that that as well everyone's got a different outlook and and some people might kind of feel a bit negatively affected from it but I think it is kind of part and parcel of the game because playing a sport and and playing internationally as well it just kind of is part and parcel of that and and yeah, and, and dealing with it is something that you kind of learn to do and not everyone perfects it, but I yeah, I think it, it makes you stronger at the end of the day. And and yeah, I think obviously definitely people are, are learning to deal with it a lot better. But yeah, I think everyone's entitled to their own opinion. And I'm probably gonna play a thousand bad shots in my career and probably thousands of people are gonna say, Oh, what should you do that for? But <laughs> as long as I trust myself, hopefully I won't I won't feel too bad about it.
1: And then I guess on the flip side as well it's like if when you're in absolute unreal form and all you're getting is positive 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 press it's like trying to contain that ego as well to not get too ahead of yourself and enjoy the moment rather than getting Mm -hmm. too hyped up I guess but how do you want to be represented this summer as well like what would you like to see from us with the podcast and wider media as well what would you be calling for?
2: I think you know it's just there's so much opportunity this summer for the women's game with, you know, the international series, the hundred and the hey how and it's just just recognizing like the talent that's out there, I guess, and really just promoting that and showing people that have doubts about the women's game that we can play and, and that there are some really good players out there, you know. Even if scores, you know, people kind of comment on scores in the past, oh, that's a really low score, this bowl is really slow. But actually like that works in women's cricket and that's what's successful and It's not just about quick bowling or how far you can hit the ball, but it's about all the different strengths and different aspects that people have to contribute to performances and doing well. So I think, yeah, this podcast is going to be a really good tool just to spread positivity about the women's game and, and just show that everyone has different strengths. And, yeah, it's just about celebrating all successes, I guess, and all the individuals that play.
0: With regards to your playing career, you've achieved so much at such a young age, being only 22. Have you ever dealt with imposter syndrome? And if so, how do you deal with it?
2: Yeah, I, I do think, I suppose when you have successes, you get a lot of Twitter and social media and messages, like I said before. And it even can be like, oh, like I got, a, I don't know, a 15, like, div. I don't know, whatever cricket and not playing a very strong side, everyone's like, oh my God, I just feel like did this this weekend. I'm like, oh, well, you know, it probably wasn't that good, but like everyone's, and I, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I think part of me that I found quite difficult was not during the World Cup, but when I made my debut in the World Cup, and obviously that's a massive occasion and I was you know absolutely over moon that happened and you get a lot of positive messages and stuff and at the world cup and that was my first experience of international cricket which is kind of like quite high up to go into it as your first competition and that almost kind of sets your standard and you think oh god like you know I played every game at the world cup like you know, and this is it. And then next tour, I go from that to, like, not playing, not starting in the team. I think Sarah and Catherine came back in. and It's like, oh, like, no, you're not playing this game today. And it's like, oh, God, like, what's happened in that time? And I didn't really gauge the importance of it or, you know, kind of, like, how it set in my mind was what, I I don't know, it was a bit different to what I thought about it. I think I struggled with that at the start because it was just going from, like, all to nothing very quickly. But, yeah, I've kind of learned just to be as level as I can with it all and not get too carried away if I do well but also not let it hit me too much if I do quite badly easier said than done but I think yeah and I am trying to learn off like you know the players around me like I don't know Heather and that people like that and and see how they go about it when when things like that happen to them and and what I can from what I can tell is they stay very level which really helps them.
0: Just touching on you talking about your debut I believe in 2018 you made your England debut in the T20 World Cup against Bangladesh what was it like to make your debut and in a place like the West Indies where they are quite cricket mad?
2: Yeah it was it was pretty amazing really I think actually getting onto the World Cup squad I was not expecting it at all so that was a bit of a shock but I think the whirlwind of it and the shock of it 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 didn't hit me at the time like I didn't even allow myself to get nervous or take in the emotions of it because like right I just need to go and play like think about it too much I'm going to be all over the place just kind of went and did it but like the feeling of the crowd and being part of the team and kind of my mum was there when I made my debut and saw me get my cap which was really nice and the whole thing was just incredible experience I think only looking back do I realize how amazing it actually was And, and yeah like it kind of gives me goosebumps still thinking about it but and I think when I actually batted in my first game, which wasn't till I think two or three games after, the noise is something that I like never heard before. It was just like so. It's like the first few that played and missed that, and the the crowd just like screeching. Like I could barely like think and hear myself speak. And it's just like getting used to something like that was was yeah, it was crazy but incredible at the same time.
1: And talking about your batting, so you did put on a record-breaking seventh wicket stand in, I think it was against West Indies in St. Lucia, so can you remember what that was like? Um, I remember seeing it on, on Twitter at the time, I think it was, all like the live mm. match updates and following along, because obviously time difference, and it was so good to like hear and see that news coverage post of, you know, you steadying that ship and trying to build an in innings after, what was a disappointing start from the top order?
2: Yeah, I think... Because it was the th- kind of the third game I played and I hadn't batted before. The anticipation to go into bat was a bit like, I was like, it was building up and building up. I just wanted to go in um, and I was uh, I was quite nervous. And I think the ball that I went to, so Trev got hit on the pad and they reviewed it. So I like shot up and I was like, oh, I'm in. They're like, oh, wait, wait for the review, wait for the review. And I was like, oh, and everyone's like, it's fine, like, just relax, like it's fine. And I think I went in against Dottin, who was bowling really well played a miss in a few like edged a couple and I was like right So it's like seven balls in probably about one run And I just said to myself I just remember I was like right like this is it like this is no messing around let's just like I was just like right I'm just gonna run at her I'm just gonna run around the next ball and I just ran at her hit a three extra cover for four I was like right like this is it like I feel fine now like got myself away and then I kind of just tried to stick to what I knew and my strength I just tried not to play any different and just Bat, how I wanted to bat and how what had got me in the team and somehow within me like I found the strength to just keep going and started to hit a few boundaries started to run well between the wickets and it just kind of got me going but I think yeah definitely after the initial few balls where I was kind of like a sitting duck almost it just took something in me to go right like mum was watching my friends are watching like let's show them what you can do and yeah and I think I just got going from that and Batting with Anya for quite a while as well really helped me because she was so calm, obviously very experienced, being in that situation loads of times. It was a very good help for me. And and yeah, like we did lose the game, unfortunately, because West Indies came out and did really well. But it was just great to have that experience and, and to show myself, really, that I could bat at an international level.
1: Yeah, and you, you certainly did do that, didn't you? So with that tournament as well, how did you find it overall? Because I appreciate didn't go to plan, but at the same time, you're still runners-up. Yeah, it's a weird one
2: because you kind of obviously you won... You go and you want to win and you want to be the top. So it's kind of like you get to the final and you think you don't win. It wasn't the best performance, you know, like a bit deflated. But looking back, I think, you know, I went to my first World Cup, got to World Cup final, played in a World Cup final. And that in itself is, a, is an amazing achievement and something that I should really treasure for the rest of my life. You know, I don't know if I'll ever play in a World Cup again. I don't know what I'll do in the rest of my career, but no one, I guess, will ever be able to take that away from me. And to look at it something like that, and hopefully it's just a stepping stone in my career. And something that will help me in the future but yeah I think just really you know treasuring those memories and things that happened off the pitch on the pitch playing with the team you know some of the people that I played in the team were the people that I looked up to uh, you know when I was 13 14 15 so that in itself is for me is is really special um but yeah I know you can get really fixated on on outcomes obviously being a sports person you really want to to win and you want that competitive side and it always takes over but yeah I think memories are something that are really special and and not everyone is able to do that and play in the World Cup so yeah it's something that I do I'm proud of myself that I'm able to get there and and yeah make sure I really look after those memories.
1: That's so good to hear because I've heard players talk about even in like the KSL when lightning come runners up to I think it was yourself at the time wasn't it sorry stars and players was oh I'm gonna chuck the medal in the bin and I was like what in the heat of the moment, because they're like, second place isn't good enough, it's first loser. And I think in that moment, you get super competitive, but it's important to take a step back and be like, I, I made it to a World Cup final. So like, it didn't pull off, but second in the world is still an amazing achievement.
2: Yeah, no, completely. And I think, yeah, at the time, it is, it's so hard to take and it is, it is very emotional because you work really hard to get to somewhere and you don't quite make it. So it makes it really hard. But yeah, I definitely think just, you know, cricket, especially, there's so many failures in cricket. Like, batting is just you know it's such a hard thing to do bowling there's so many things that can go wrong in cricket that I've almost in the last couple of years learned to take the little wins and just like celebrate the small successes because they don't come around very often and so when they do you just got to kind of enjoy them and and hopefully move forward with that and obviously you know this summer's a Busy summer for English cricket. You know the, the World Cup coming up next year. There's Ashes. There's Commonwealth Games, and there's so many opportunities for our team to to yeah try and bring home some trophies. And hopefully that experience in the World Cup will contribute towards that. And obviously um, I wasn't there, but in Australia another really frustri- frustrating experience. Um, not being able to play in that in the game that got rained off, which is you know obviously horrible for the girls to have the kind of trophy taken out of their hands in that way. But hopefully the experience are going to contribute to hopefully some wins in the future and some great successes, which will probably be even sweeter for that. But yeah, and it will be exciting to see what happens, but definitely take the little wins when you can.
0: (laughs) Just taking it back to the beginning of your career, you made your Middlesex debut in 2012, which would have made you, I believe, 14?
2: 14, yeah, 14.
0: God, what was it like to make your debut so young? It's, almost,
2: it's a bit fuzzy in my memory, if I'm being quite honest. But I think, I just remember being scared, like really scared, because I've played a lot of like under 11 cricket, under 13 cricket, under 14 cricket, but like I hadn't played much senior cricket. And at the time, I had Beth Morgan on our team, who obviously played for England for quite a while, playing against, I think we are playing against, I can't remember if it was in T20s, but I'm sure it was either against Kent or Sussex, so obviously had so many england players like charlotte edwards laura marsh Lydia greenway and i was like oh my god like i'm playing against like all these players i'm like oh god like i'm so young i don't know what i'm doing And i just remember like going into bat and i was so nervous like could barely even watch the ball properly and stuff i kind of just enjoyed being there and being around people obviously i was really really nervous but yeah i just went and, and mum was in the car like just try and enjoy it like it doesn't matter if it goes wrong like you're only young they understand that you know you get the classic mum chat but yeah <laughs> i just i don't know i just try to like kind of almost survive i guess and i think for me i don't know why but i was just really scared to feel because like i just don't want to go through my legs just don't want to go through my legs like that's all I was thinking. like don't let the ball go through my legs (laughs) it's really embarrassing but yeah i just think i just tried to give it a good go i don't think i did very well but uh i gave it my best shot
0: and how big of a step up is it from the under 11 under 12 etc level to the senior level
2: A big part of it as well is going from like, you know, when you're that age and you're like kind of at the top end of like your team in like under 11s and under 13s, whatever. And I think I was like captain of an under 15s and you've got quite a big role in that team. then going into a senior team where you're like batting seven or eight and you're quite low down, not the pecking order, but you know what I mean? Like you're kind of a lot lower down. You don't have as big a role. It's kind of like how you kind of fulfill that. And you just want to do as best you can for the team, I guess. And it's more about, not wanting to let the team down and trying to do your best, you kind of well. I just kind of forgot about my performance. I'm just, I just, you know, want to make sure we win. Want to make sure we win. Don't want to mess it up. But yeah, I think obviously the girls are hitting it a bit harder. They're bowling a bit quicker. Obviously, got a lot more knowledge to know how to get you out a bit better. So yeah, you, I think you just the more you play, the more you get used to it. But yeah, it's a, yeah, it was a little bit scary. I can't lie.
1: And as Alex has spoken about there how important was county cricket to you and obviously we, we're not too sure what's happening next year whether it's staying or whether that is really is the end of it so tell us a little bit more about playing for Middlesex and then obviously going across to Surrey.
2: Yeah so I've been playing for Middlesex pretty much since I was under 11 really and for about so I don't know about 20 so it's a good long time and yeah I've had so many great experiences and opportunities through Middlesex and Literally gone throughout like, the whole pathway. I think in under-15s, we were national champions, which was a great day. Like love that day. That was amazing. And made... I think a lot of what I love about cricket is the friendships that I make and the people that I meet. And you just meet so many different people through cricket with different backgrounds, different ages. And that's what I really love about it. And, and being at Middlesex, yeah, I've made probably, like, you know, some lifelong friends. And it's people you just catch up with at games every now and then. And it's just nice. It's, it's almost... It feels almost like a little family. It's like... And that's what I love about it. And yeah, obviously playing with Beth Morgan, the other play for him at the time. And I think she was really big kind of idol for me, just the way she played. She's such a selfless player, obviously very talented. And she taught me a lot, coached me I than 13. And yeah, I really look up to her and and I'm grateful to have been able to play with her in the change room in such a kind of close proximity, which is yeah, really nice. And then yeah, moved to Surrey in before in the COVID season, which obviously we didn't play. I think at that stage of my career, I wanted to do everything I could to, to get back in the England team. And for me, that was just playing the highest level cricket I could and getting the coaching and the facilities that I felt I needed. And it was obviously a really tough decision because I've been there for so long, but something that I thought was right at the time. And obviously, I've, I've known quite a lot of the Surrey stars, girls and stuff who played for Surrey for a while. So, yeah, and a, a bit controversial going to the other rival London team, but I've not actually made my debut for that yet, which all the sorry girls make fun of me for now because they don't think I'm a real sorry player but hopefully one time soon hopefully I'll make that debut.
1: <laughs> Did Ebony have any sway in pulling you across there?
2: No she didn't actually but it was obviously you know nice that she was there with be a factor in it because yeah I have worked her through the stars and stuff and she's obviously done so much just recently setting up the ace program and things like that and Jeez, yeah it's got such a positive influence on the grip on the game so definitely yeah was a great feature that Surrey had.
0: And you just touched on the ACE programme there for our listeners who don't know what the ACE programme is could you briefly explain what the ACE programme is and why it was set up?
2: Yeah definitely so it's like a programme for kind of young adults for people of kind of like African and Caribbean background just get involved in cricket really obviously with things that have gone on in the past year or so it's kind of highlighted the kind of lack of diversity I guess within cricket and people and the communities wanting to change that and, and try and positively influence that and give these teenagers and kids the opportunity to get involved in cricket which they might not have had um, and yeah like we just mentioned before Ebony has had such an influential part in that getting it set up um, they're offering scholarships it's kind of mainly run at the Oval. I think Birmingham's at like the second location and hopefully the more uh, money is invested, the more people can get involved and the more locations at. But it recently just became a registered charity, which is amazing news. But I think just to get more young adults involved in cricket that may not have had the opportunity before is just amazing. And hopefully in years to come, we see that more in the international and, and domestic game, hopefully, which would be the main goal. And And yeah, just to see like a kind of like a a brand new group of cricketers with amazing talent that hopefully can filter in, which would be amazing. See things like the ACE programme start to come around, see how the ECB are wanting to invest in it, and to see such positive kind of things happening around it, especially on social media, is such a good step forward. And I think just to start to see change, because it's very easy just to speak about it and say, oh, well, this is wrong, we can't see this, but to actively seek out what the best thing to do is, has been really positive to see. Also, not being able to get too involved with the ACE programme just yet with COVID and England commitments and things like that. But even just being able to, to be a role model and hopefully get involved at some point and help anyone I can, I'd love to be involved in positively helping change the kind of cricket community in that sense.
1: Yeah it's like we need to have uncomfortable conversations don't we to be able to like enact this change and call out people at those higher levels of those positions of power because otherwise things won't change and it is on one part like a shame that Ebony and the group have had to set up the ACE program because you wouldn't want a world where this has to be there to make those positive changes happen Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a double-edged sword isn't it because like hopefully in 10 years time the ACE program won't exist because there is diversity across all the levels of sport and access to cricket is way more fairer and all that kind of stuff so I guess she, what she's doing with her programme is working to its non-existence.
2: I definitely get what you mean and it's definitely it's just the start of hopefully something that's going to be so influential for yeah, years to come like you say and hopefully we see that starting to filter through in you know county cricket and domestic cricket and international cricket and then yeah like you say hopefully it's it's not the case that it has to be set up for that to happen but naturally it it happens itself and and there is a lot more kind of diverse representation across all formats of cricket which would be amazing and and yeah I'll be like when I first started playing uh, when I made my debut I had an interview and they were like oh how does it feel to be the second black person to play uh, cricket for England in the women's team and until it it hadn't even crossed my mind I thought really like only there's only been two players play for England and you know hopefully and you know five years time is like the third fourth fifth and it's not just me and ebbs but there's a long line of people as well that kind of carry it forward which would be yeah it'd be really special to see
0: and you mentioned the ace program i read somewhere that you are an ace ambassador what does being an ace ambassador mean to you
2: yeah it's something that when ebbs kind of asked me about i was really proud and kind of touched that she asked me to be involved and to be an ambassador and i think to me I just want to kind of spread as positive messages as I can and and if I can you know help people to get involved and almost recruit people I don't know whether it's through social media or through playing or whatever that is kind of what I want to do and just yeah spread a positive message and I think speaking to her about it I think she from her point of view it's more about me playing cricket and being a role model and not feeling kind of pressure to to get involved all the time and to do stuff But it's more just kind of just being myself I guess in cricket which is you know for me that 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 feels like nothing but hopefully it does have a little bit of an impact and where i can if i can go into a session or a zoom call etc i'd love to to help wherever i can and and yeah and hopefully if i can get one girl or one boy to to take up cricket or to enjoy it or get an opportunity i'd i'd love that
0: and I'm not sure if you know this, but you and Ebony both hail from Lambeth. So you've got that nice little Lambeth connection. And Lambeth has also been host to some other male cricketers who have made it, such as Laurie Evans and Tim Murta, who plays for Ireland. So, you know, Lambeth isn't doing too badly. Is there ever a moment where you're struggling that you've turned to Ebony for advice? And if so, what kind of advice does she give?
2: Yeah, I didn't know that about them. It's interesting, very interesting. But
0: to be honest, not I've not worked too kind of
2: closely with her in a cricketing environment. But it's just nice to have her around at the Chaos and the stars and have her presence there. Cause she's obviously achieved so much and and has a big influence on the girls and and really fights a kind of the woman at Surrey and. And in that kind of capacity, just to have at the games and to have a like one of the funniest people I've ever met. I don't know if you saw it, but like I don't know. I think Lanx played stars at Old Trafford. I think Lizelle Lee hit this massive six, went over the boundary, and Ez went to catch it, fell over a duffel bag, and literally just stacked it. And it was on TV as well. And the whole dugout was like in absolute stitches. And it was like one of the funniest things ever. But I just love the way that she kind of just just grabs, you know, every opportunity she has, and is just really full of life and such positive positive person. So yeah, I think I've kind of the way that she is around the group and her personality, I've really like I just love that about her and hopefully I hope that I can take something from her and and use that in my life as well. Because I do think I need a bit more of Ebbs's dancing and <laughs> smiling in my life. So, yeah, it's just really really nice to have her around when I have done and hopefully I will see her a bit more in the future.
0: Definitely think it's time for Ebony to get her own stand at Sorry. If yeah. any of the uh, CEOs at Sorry are listening, we suggested it first.
2: Yeah, definitely, definitely. You want to see the Ebony Raven from stand, for sure.
0: I mean, we've got Alex Stewart. We might as well, because mm-hmm. I'm fairly certain all the stands at Surrey are all men. So we need a bit of diversity. We do. And
1: there's no one better than Ebony.
2: That would be definitely the party stand, for sure. <laughs> Get the music oh my- on, the dancing going.
1: I can literally imagine, like, full-on drummers and, yeah. like, deer snakes. Yeah. Like, oh. I mean, my mind's gone to there now. I'm like, can I go to that party? But um, bringing it back to you, honestly, Alex has just built up the hype there. But just going back to you about the Women's County Championship back in 2019, hitting two centuries and leading run scorer with 451 runs. So obviously that was an amazing season and then COVID obviously didn't allow to continue that in 2020. But can you remember much from that season and do you think that helped your case to get back into that England squad?
2: Yeah, definitely. I think, that was my last season playing for Middlesex and on my mind was just I want to kind of score as many runs as possible so that I, yeah, they, they can't not pick me, I guess. That was my mindset going into it. So I was just determined to just kind of win games for the team. And if I was there at the end of the, the innings where I'd batted for a long time, I knew that I would hopefully contribute towards that. And it definitely helped me because it just being able to just be in the middle for a long time, it it's invaluable really in game time and all those kind of experiences are what, helps you in your career so yeah it definitely was a a good a good season for me and one that was I suppose nice to finish my short time at Middlesex um but yeah no it was a good season
1: and then I guess in contrast that year you also signed for Lancashire Thunder and obviously we didn't have the best KSL kind of campaign did they um I don't think they won a game did they
2: no that was yeah the the KSL team team was probably one of the hardest six weeks i've ever experienced in my life cricket non-cricket it was just yeah it was very tough just we didn't win a, we drew so we drew one game didn't win a game i think my high score was probably about 28 batting at three which obviously is not very good i think yeah we just couldn't get off to a good start and we just definitely just lost our momentum going through it but i think it's so hard once you don't have that momentum to just get back going and and really try and win the it's, I think in the, this kind of competition, it's all about momentum and it's all about if you get a couple of wins and you get a few close ones in, you think, oh, all right, we can do this, we can do this. We just never, never seemed to have that opportunity. I think the game that we actually did drew, we were kind of like the fifth game in and we were like, right, if we win this one, you know, this is it. Like, then we're going to start going. And we drew it and I think everyone was kind of like, oh, I can't even get over the line. And it was just, yeah, it was tough. I found it really, really tough. But I do think coming out of it, it, it has made me definitely a better player because I, went away and I worked on the things that I didn't do in that KSL and my mindset got stronger you know I worked with a lot of players in that team we tried to hustle together to get a win on the board and we had to really come together and support each other and I think even even that really helps and it was really hard experience at the time but you know I think the earlier you can have that experience the easier it becomes because if it comes around again hopefully I'll have a better way of dealing with it so get like just try and look at it as positively as possible but yeah
1: completely appreciate that because that's such a good answer as well and it's really good to hear that you've got something out of it and it wasn't all just negative and oh my god I hate cricket like flipping it around to the positives is obviously so needed but in contrast again you were a KSL champion in 2018 with the Surrey Stars.
2: Yeah and again that was probably like the best season I've ever had <laughs> which is a really big contrast but um yeah the, the Surrey Stars that season was it. Was actually kind of a weird one because we didn't get off to the best start in that season whatsoever we were I think we lost our first three or four games or one one or something. And then we kind of had a few days off. And we were like, right, guys, like not the best style. Let's just all go away for three days, have a bit of a rest, come back together. And I think that Lancs game that I said that Ebony fell over, that was the game where we just kind of fired. And from there, we just, momentum just with us and carried through. I think it helped us actually playing in the semi-final on finals day because you kind of play a game and getting buzzed. We won it. We were kind of all ready to go. And then the second game, um, Lizelle obviously like batted out of her skin uh, got an amazing hundred and it really set us up to win and I think it really showed us that like working hard through a little bit of a tough patch coming together working as a team just got us the final and yeah it was just like amazing to to win the competition and and to share it with a team which had been through so much and been together three years already it was yeah it was quality I yeah. couldn't have asked for anything better really
1: and I guess off of the back of that year was when you made your England debut at that World Cup. So the KSL must hold really important memories for you.
2: Yeah, definitely. And I was actually just talking to um Fran Wilson about it today about how kind of those experiences in the KSL really help you going into like international cricket. And it's just little things maybe like playing on TV or playing with a bit of a bigger crowd or, you know, batting against international bowlers that you might not face before and almost proving to yourself that you can do it and yeah, so it, um, 2018 was probably yeah, one of the best years that I've had so far in my life, just because I, we obviously won the KSL, made my England debut in the World Cup. And it was just, yeah, a really, really special year for me, that one.
1: Who was your greatest inspiration in the KSL when it comes to overseas? Who did you enjoy playing with the most?
2: Yeah, we had to fair a few different overseas but we had Danae and Cappy quite regularly in our team who obviously like really amazing players and off the pitch it's just it's obviously like I said before it's nice to meet people from different backgrounds different countries different ages and to get to know them I think because they came back year after year we really got to know them quite well and I found Danae really helpful especially with my bowling and obviously being a leg spinner as well and she was really really good and helped me in the nets and was supportive and gave me a few little nice comments to kind of help me with and yeah just being able to play with them some wildcard players it's like a good experience in itself but yeah like I said I I just love the kind of connections and friendships that you make with with a lot of different people in cricket.
0: Shifting to 2020 you played in the series against the West Indies which England ended up winning 5-0 what was it like to play in that series considering it was in a bubble?
2: Yeah it was yeah one of the weirdest experiences I've ever had but it was yeah it was a good experience I think we had a couple of little bubbles going into it so it wasn't as much of a shock but I think because all the girls got on so well it was made that quite easy that we could you know we were obviously seeing each other every single day it's almost like you kind of wake up out of your bed open the curtain it's like the cricket ground like you go down to breakfast past cricket ground it's like the breakfast that you eat is overlooking the cricket grounds like there's, there is no escaping kind of cricket in any sense so the fact that we all get on really well really helps that because otherwise you know you just be kind of going crazy and I think just obviously towards the end it was you know it is a bit intense that you always have that environment around but I think obviously it helped that we were winning we were doing well so we could celebrate those wins celebrate the good performances and just try and lighten it up off the pitch I guess and you know, we had a few film nights as a team, played ping pong, played on a little basketball machine. It's just trying to find everything we can to keep ourselves entertained and almost sane, really, because it's such a different experience as to anything that we had before. But yeah, I think even though it was, it got a bit stressful towards the end. I think it was a really good experience to be a part of and to, yeah, something, you know, not everyone said they could be in a bubble. So
0: take, take the positives from it we talked to Sue Redfern about this and it was the match where everything just kept getting sent up to Sue. I think there are about 17 decisions in total that ended up going to her. What's it like to play in a game like that? Like how... How do you react when everything keeps getting get keeps getting sent upstairs? Yeah, I
2: remember that. I was um, on the bench that game, but I do remember like in this sounds like, oh again, like not again. But yeah, I don't know. Like it's like I think it's you know good that now we do have reviews in quite a lot of games because it's only just recently been that we've been able to do that. So I think it is it's good that we can do it now. And it kind of does like jolt the play a little bit. So like I suppose you can get a bit of momentum. It's like oh decision goes upstairs, wait around a bit, decision goes upstairs, but then I don't know, I suppose, I guess at least we can do it now and and we can have um, the decisions kind of rectified. But yeah, it was, I did find it really funny that like literally like, quite, you know, like, every over was, like another one, oh, another one, like run out, like everything was going upstairs, but busy game for Sue, that one for sure.
0: Something that's been talked about a fair bit in the media is about where you should bat in the order. Do you think you should be given more game time and time in the middle? Or are you just happy to bat wherever? Yeah, I think...
2: I'm just, at the minute, I'm just really happy to be in and around the squad and obviously I'm batting, um, I've batted six and seven when I've played so far and one game in New Zealand I batted four um, when Trev didn't play but I think, yeah, I'm just grateful to be part of the squad and that's a good experience but definitely my goal for the future is I want to, you know, kind of bat in the top four for England and that's what I'm kind of really working towards and, you know, hopefully later down the line in my career that is something that I go on to achieve but I think, you know the batting order at the minute is just is full of world class batters. You know some of the best batters in the world are in our top five, so it's definitely a hard squad to break into in in that sense. But I'm just trying to learn as much as I can and take as much from it, and hopefully if the opportunity comes, I'm I'm in the best place to do a job to to win a game for England. And if not, I'll just keep them. You know, being part of the squad and and yeah, learning and enjoying it.
0: Just on the nickname Trev for Heather the Knight. Why is Heather called Trev and who came up with it? Yeah,
2: you know, it's a great question because I was actually tweeting about with the other day. I actually don't know. I'm sure I've heard the story before. Like, I've definitely heard the story before, but, like, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. So i have to find out. i have to come back to you on that one. Heather, if you're listening, let me know my name's Trev. <laughs> I'll ask her tomorrow. I'll ask her tomorrow at training.
1: <laughs> Moving across to New Zealand as well. What was your favourite part? Because I saw there was so much kind of tourism that you girls did as well whilst I was locked down here, seeing all of your Instagram posts with beautiful mountains and lakes and stuff. And what was the highlight there?
2: I know, honestly, I felt guilty about that because I was thinking, oh, we're getting to do all this stuff and everyone's in England. But yeah, it was a, it was an amazing country. I'd never been before, my first time. I've always wanted to go to New Zealand and, and Australia and that part of the world. But yeah, there's some, like, some beautiful parts. Queenstown in particular is by the kind of like got a lake running through it and mountains and it's a really really cool place and I think because it's quite touristy normally and very busy in Covid times they obviously haven't got the tourists we got to see it kind of at it's most kind of like natural and and like not so busy so it's actually really really nice to have that experience um and yeah I think we had we did have a few nice days off where we could go and do activities and obviously with the Covid situation definitely made the most of that which was nice but yeah Queenstown definitely stuck out to me but um there was a lot of a lot of really cool places in New Zealand.
1: And it was a bit of a shame as well because they didn't quite put on much of a performance it was very dominated by yourself so how did you find it because it was a bit of a whitewash wasn't it?
2: It was a strong series for us definitely and yeah and we definitely yeah we did really really well that series but I think you know it's just I suppose not taking for granted those wins um, and even if we did win by quite a big margin it just you know keep winning keep winning and it's just kind of it's almost like a habit I guess and just to to Really make sure you see all the wins, and it only benefits you later down the line because you've got kind of that knowledge of winning games and how to win games, I guess.
1: And then, obviously, for 2021, the 100, how excited are you?
2: So excited! I'm at the Southern Brave for the 100 this year, which is different because I've never been in a kind of Southampton based team, but I'm really looking forward to it. Um. Playing with like Danny and Anya, who I really get on with, and I think it's going to be really good. And working with Charlotte Edwards, who, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good experience. She's obviously got so much knowledge and I think she's done a really good job at the Vipers so far and seems to run a really, really good team environment. So I think, yeah, that's definitely something I'm looking forward to. And it will be different, but I think it's really going to push the women's game forward and, and really like show the world what us women cricketers can do.
1: And you've got Stefani Taylor as well. So looking forward to playing with her.
2: Yeah, I think it'll be good. I think every time I play against her, she just whacks, like, loads of sixes. It's just always fireworks. So to actually be on her team this time will be great because, yeah, we don't have to worry about her coming in and smashing it. So, yeah, I think that'll be really cool. And and the girls that have played with her before have said, you know, what a great team member she is and she's a lot of fun. So definitely looking forward to that as well.
1: And then thinking about New Zealand as well, Amelia Kerr. She was decent for New Zealand, wasn't she?
2: Yeah, I think she did really, really well. She obviously is really experienced bowler at such a young age and also very very good with the bat so I think it's a really good signing for us and yeah I look forward to working with her and and getting to know her as a person as well because she seems like a such a lovely person
1: and we've also got so I've just got the England fixtures in front of me now so hopefully we'll get the Red Bull in obviously scenes in India at the moment are catastrophic to be polite isn't it it's, it's harrowing it's mm-hmm. Is so horrible, but hopefully things get better there, the situation, and hopefully you'll be having a Red Bull series against them. So, is that where you see yourself playing? Do you see yourself as a Red Bull player?
2: I think I've not got too much experience playing Red Bull cricket so far, really. Um, I've played before in kind of warm up three day games, and we've got um, another one next week, which is kind of England versus England Academy, kind of similar to what we've been playing. But yeah, hopefully, like in the future, I definitely want to play test matches for England and develop my game in that way. I don't think I have. As much experience now, but you know, hopefully, the more I play it and the more opportunities I get, then I can develop that side of my game. And and yeah, and hopefully, bat bat and test match for England which would be you know incredible. And it's an amazing opportunity to kind of get to play that side of the game. When we obviously play a lot of white ball cricket, so even you know, the three day game next week, I'm really looking forward to just having a different experience playing in whites, having a lot of you know, good banter on the pitch with with our teammates and stuff. So I'm sure it'll be good
1: fun yeah it must be strange going from all of that one day kind of stuff to then spending three days together playing like 90 odd overs a day
2: it's obviously such a different paced game and yeah it's going to be different to be in that setting we've had you know a few red Bull nets recently just to kind of you know get used to playing with the rib and the style that you play but i suppose there are a lot of transferable things between the two and it's not too different and i don't want to get carried away with being playing too differently and you know just try and defend everything still want to kind of have like the intent to score and play my shots and things but yeah it's just nice to have the experience and and it's kind of almost you know every test match play is almost like historical because it's it's so rare and you know hopefully in the future maybe test match cricket will feature more often the women's game you never know but yeah it's just it's it's fun to be involved and and have the experiences.
1: What are you looking forward to in 2021? What's your hopes and goals? I think
2: for me I'm just obviously going to play a little bit with the stars and, and have a have a bigger role in that and and hopefully be a bit more responsible with the batting and get opportunity there. And also, I'm um, yeah, I'm just, you know, hoping to be involved with England at some point and, and if I get opportunities just to really take them and, and enjoy it, That's the main thing, I think. As I was saying before, you just have so many times where you fail and you have bad times and and it is really hard sport to play, but just getting opportunities and, and enjoying them and just, you know, not putting too much pressure on myself, but just, yeah, taking each game as it comes and, and having a good time with some some great teammates.
1: That's a lovely way to end it. So the final bit is just Alex has got like 60 seconds, quickfire questions. Oh, lovely. <laughs> yeah, they're not hard. Although
0: Charlotte Edwards did struggle with a couple when we asked her. <laughs> so. I like to start off with a nice one, which is favourite genre of music.
2: I'm terrible for that because I listen to all sorts. But I'm going to go with a bit of like art, uh, like Drake kind of you know what i mean yeah
0: favorite musician oh favorite musician come on I'm terrible
2: let's go for i'll call that ed sheeran does that count as a musician
0: a favorite ground you've played at
2: oh i think i think the oval i think the oval's a good one definitely a good one
0: last film you watched the last film
2: oh the elton john m- rocket man watched on the mummy of the nighters yeah very good
0: favorite teammate in the southeast stars team
2: Oh, that's a toughie. That's a toughie. I reckon Tash should yeah, I can't it's too hard to pick between the two, but and is definitely are uh, up there for sure.
0: Hannah's favourite one is favourite sledge that either you've said or you've heard someone say to you. Oh, this is good actually because
2: I was chatting about this the other day I used to have like a little sheet when I I mean this is sixty seconds, but it's going over. I used to have a little sheet when I was younger of like all the different like sledges on there literally like be at home like learning like when I went to the games I'd be like oh be like send those bells to Wales and all these crappy things but I think one of the I don't know one of the classics is like dot balls a hot ball but that is really terrible isn't it looking back I'm thinking why would I ever say that but there we
1: go don't because I'm actually traumatized by the amount of crap I used to say <laughs> like we used to have so much fun though like it used to be so funny when you're a teenager and stuff and you just chat and rubbish but yeah, it's actually really traumatic thinking about how cringe it is.
2: It is, it is.
0: Hannah, would you like to reveal the favourite one you've heard someone relay on the podcast?
2: Yeah, I need to hear this, need to. Hear yeah, this.
1: so Roberta from Brazil, who I always say that everybody needs to chat to because she's amazing. I don't know if you've seen her much on social. <laughs> Brazil captain, phenomenal woman, unreal batter as well. She always says something along the lines of as many spots as on a Dalmatian or something, a oh, dot ball yeah. like a yeah. spots on Dalmatian. I've butchered that, but you get the vibe.
2: Yeah, I like it, I like it. It's different, I've not heard that one before.
1: Let me relay
0: it in a way that is a little bit easier to understand. So basically, she went to this match and there was an 11-year-old girl and the 11-year-old girl said to someone, you've got more dots than a Dalmatian. Oh, savage. (laughs) Fair enough, absolutely savage. Last TV show you binge watched?
2: Line of Duty. I heard all the hype about it. I'm on series five now and I've got through it so quick, but it's very good. It's very good.
0: I won't ruin it for you then.
2: Yeah, I've heard not very good reviews about the last episode, but I'm powering through, I'm powering through.
1: Hannah, have you got any, perhaps your um, tea question? What is your favourite tea item? So thinking about a classic village cricket tea.
2: Oh, that's a great question. Oh, goodness. I think, I just love, okay, when you're younger and, you know, you're not thinking too much about the diet just the cakes like it's just the cakes I remember under 11 like all the mums like bring a different item and stuff and it'd just be like oh like little I think like a little vanilla sponge with smicing, a few sprinkles like can't get better than that to be honest
0: well your um southeast stars teammate Bryony said a brownie and a pizza slice so there we oh, cool. go
2: there we go yeah to be fair that sounds great as well to be honest
0: perfect oh but the final thing is just to get your social details isn't it alec yes so sophia where can our listeners find you on social media if they want to keep up to date with you your southeast stars journey and if they just want to have a look at your pics
1: basically
2: oh well if they want to see me i think my instagram is at sophia dunkley my twitter is at dunkley sophia there you go
1: and you've got another insta haven't you
2: oh yeah i do have another one called sphere ivy rose i feel like my my instagram's like really crickety i was like sometimes i just want to post like some nice pictures which just aren't of cricket or you know just different things and if you want to see that yeah it's called sphere ivy rose bit different now i need to top the followers from this I need to top the followers but yeah it's a it's a good one so yeah get on it guys get on it
1: very aesthetic uh, yeah i need
2: the i need the support really i need to get get it going
1: Thank you so much for joining us this evening and
2: thanks, it's nice to chat to you guys.
0: Massive thank you to Sophia for coming on and being a guest on the podcast and talking all things cricket, including South East Stars and her excitement for the upcoming 100 competition and we wish her well for both the Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy with the South Stars and with Southern Brave for the 100. It was also great for sophia to sit down and talk to us about the ace project and for us to learn a little bit more about how that's helping change the landscape of cricket and making it more diverse and don't forget to check out her non-cricketing instagram which is at sophia ivy rose and to all our listeners, if you want to keep up to date with everything we're doing, you can follow us on Twitter at wcricketchat Chat and on Instagram at Women's Cricket Chat. And if you want to give us a like on Facebook, we are Women's Cricket Chat. And if you wanted to give our personal Twitters a follow, Hannah is at hannity 1194 and I'm at Alex Jane Pereira. This has been Women's Cricket Chat. Tune in next time.